Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, what's going on, man? Oh, it's Friday, man. I'm drinking a good beer and I'm having a good time. What about you? Uh, I couldn't be better. I have my friend Greg Sherwood here, and he's going to break down some MLB. And I don't think you guys are ready for this. Greg, what's going on? What's going on? Friday night, hanging out with the boys, talking sports. I love it. Couldn't be better. Uh, Greg is here because he is, of course, who I... I bring up just about every other episode when I'm going on a rant about how much I hate the Dolans, and all the information I get, the fuel to my Dolan hatred fire is mostly given to me by Greg Sherwood, so I'm happy that he's here to talk about everything uh, baseball and Indian related today. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the other major sports, because there are some some big things happening. First one being... We have other major sports in Cleveland. Can you just redefine that? Technically, yes, they don't play up to that level, okay. but Sorry, yeah, guys, make sure we're on the same page. Here. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with the uh, Cleveland Browns' current situation, they obviously are coming off a very disastrous year, and so far the offseason is not going that great. We have uh, Kareem Hunt has been pulled over and caught with drugs and alcohol. Uh, luckily, he's no longer on the roster. Greg Robinson was pulled over near the border of Mexico with some, some. Just a little bit. Wasn't it almost like 200 pounds of weed? 156.9 pounds, exactly. Not bad. That's my kind of weekend. But uh, but that's a shit ton of weed for those of you that are unfamiliar. Like, weed weighs nothing. So to have almost 100, over 150 pounds, that's a fucking ton of weed. Did you did you read the, uh, like, police transcript of them interviewing like everybody in a car and, like, how Greg tried to get the passenger, whoever, to try to take yeah, the fall Yeah, I heard about that. It. They tried to get that guy to take the fall because he's not in the NFL. They're like, just tell him it was you. And uh, that guy was like, fuck you. And he actually got let go. They didn't charge him with anything. Right. The guy that did not... Like, take did, the blame. Did you see Joe Thomas retweet, like, the police report? No, I don't follow Joe Thomas. So Joe Thomas retweeted it, like, the police report, and put in quotations, for personal use. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what else do we need it for? Uh, but did, did you hear why he got pulled over? No, I actually didn't really look too much into this story because I view it as I hated Greg Robinson when he was on the Browns. Now that he's officially not the Browns' problem because he's a free agent. Yeah, they were going to sign there's him. There's no chance he was coming back anyway. So as soon as I saw that he got arrested, I hated that all the reports, TMZ yeah. and all them, they put it's all attached Browns to tackle. It's like, fuck you, Browns. Put free agent tackle. Don't <laughs> don't pin this on us. <laughs> well, go ahead. I'm sorry, Greg. You need to hear. So he was driving from L.A. to Louisiana. Two-day trip, mule and some weed. He got pulled over in El Paso on a just right side of the border checkpoint. Mm -hmm. Why was he driving through El Paso, what's known as a border drug town with all this cop presence? Turns out he put in L.A. to wherever he was going in Louisiana into Google Maps and just followed the first route it gave him, (laughs) which took him through El Paso and a drug checkpoint. He could have been like, this might be a bad idea. Maybe I'll add a half hour, an hour, and go north to Dallas. He's like, nope, Google Maps, done, yeah, following like, it, not paying attention, don't care that I have 157 yeah, pounds of weed. I have 157 pounds of weed, so let me go ahead and go first option. He probably did no tolls because he wants to save himself some money, so he tried to take a cheap route. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it just goes to show you that most people that get caught in criminal activity are just that stupid. Because, I, I mean... It's a TV show, but it's based on a true story. But I've been binge-watching the fuck out of Narcos because... Which one? The the first Narcos? So what happened was, spoiler alert, it's a true story. So if you don't know about fucking Pablo Escobar's death, then eat shit. But they killed off Pablo Escobar in season two. And I didn't know they were coming back with more episodes. Yeah, they went to the... I thought that was it. I'm like, they killed off Pablo Escobar. The show's done. So I gave up. I forgot about it. 
And then now I find out that it, they're in season two of Narcos Mexico, a totally separate show, totally different uh, cartels and stuff like that. And I also skipped uh, season three of regular Narcos with the Cali cartel. So I am finishing up season three of regular Narcos before I even get to Mexico. You're all over the fucking but place. But I'm catching up slowly but surely. <laughs> I think I'm on episode nine right now, something like that. But um, so it shows you like how detail-oriented these people are with their, their drug operations and how they have nonstop security. They know every person in every room. Like They're just so detailed. It's great. Greg Robinson obviously didn't watch that show, or he was really high when he did, and he forgot everything he fucking saw because he had no idea what he was doing. You mean to tell me that Google Maps doesn't call out drug checkpoints? That's that's horrible. No, but if we created an I app you, that I did, bet you, I bet you Waze million does. dollar idea, boys. I bet, I bet you Waze does. I guarantee Waze calls it out. <laughs> yeah, like I'm gonna type in like, hey, I'm trying to go downtown, but uh, I want to avoid tolls. Uh, trunk full of drugs so let's put that in there too give me the smartest route it's an option to add on it's a good idea we should run with that who can create that app for us uh talking to you bill gates give us a call how to transfer drugs across border across the states without getting stopped however hopefully that this this big event turns into something that espn can make a 30 for 30 about greg robinson's stupidity they could show him uh being the number two overall pick being out of shape being a bust kicking that Titans player in the head week one and getting kicked out of the game, uh, looking like he plays with roller skates all season when he's trying to block for Baker, and then icing on the cake, free agent, 157 pounds of weed. 157, yeah, yeah, I said it right. I almost fucked that up. Um, but that'd be an interesting 30 for 30. I would watch that. I'm sure it's something ESPN would put out. I'll watch, just did to you, laugh Did you watch the most recent one, the Vic one? Did you watch that one yet? No, no, no. I don't really watch ESPN, to be honest, right. at all. I thought it was pretty good. It was a I think the last time I turned on ESPN was... Well, Kobe related because I watched uh, uh, like for two days straight after Kobe died, and then I watched uh, the first Laker game when they came back after Kobe died. And I wish I hadn't watched that because all of the special performances beforehand were shitty. The game was shitty. I don't care about other teams in the NBA in the regular season other than the Cavs. So, no, I don't really watch ESPN. Hmm. Was nah, it good? It was. I mean. You kind of knew most, obviously, you know about the dog fighting and shit like that, but yeah. I didn't know about like his youth growing up where he grew up in. I, I didn't know he grew up in the same town that Allen Iverson grew up in. Yeah, that's. I, uh, I, I didn't know that. But these are all allegations, so we can't be held liable for anything. <laughs> there are some, some rumblings that have gone around that say that when Mike Vick got arrested for the dog fighting, he had mentioned that there was another high profile uh, like athlete that was part of it with him. Yeah. A lot of people put some pieces together and think it might have been Allen Iverson, yeah. but he never got caught, so he's still my boy. Go AI. Yeah. He's uh, innocent until proven guilty. So yeah, but no, I mean, fuck I thought, those rumors. I, but I didn't, I didn't realize that. So like the story that tells about him growing up and going, you know, the high school, the town he grew up in, and mm. his college days and shit like that. I didn't know most of that. I mean, was I, there by any chance in the the series because I didn't see it, um, a shitty high school football player that lied about his resume and said that he was really good, and then said that he and Mike Vick used to fuck. Uh, no. Oh, that was just the Aaron Hernandez story. Yes. Okay, all right. If you guys haven't seen that, that's that happened. <laughs> Best segue ever. Sorry, that was left out of that story. Yeah, so, uh, anyway, yeah, so Jarvis Landry, back to where we started here, uh, he decided to have surgery recently, like, within the last week or so, he decided to have his surgery. Um, if he would have gotten it over a month ago, that would have really helped the Browns for the long term, because he decided to go to Florida with the free vacation by the NFL, play a little dodgeball. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy he went because he he dominated Lamar Jackson in a passing competition. And I find that <laughs> hilarious as a Browns fan because I have always said that Lamar Jackson is a shitty quarterback. Amazing athlete. Don't get it twisted. Horrible quarterback. 
I think I think I think we can all say that's that's an accurate assessment. Um, Horrible quarterback and MVP. Isn't that hard? It's it's like crazy. It's it's, it's an idiom. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's hard to say. He's a jumbo shrimp. He's a shitty MVP. <laughs> a jumbo shrimp. <laughs> well, I just went like an idiom. Like, yeah, I get it. Um. So so yeah. Uh, Jarvis Landry went to the Pro Bowl, played dodgeball, <clears throat> obviously battling some injuries, whatnot. Decides this week to have surgery. The timetable on the surgery, or on the recovery, six to eight months. Um, I'm no math whiz, but I've got enough fingers on my hands that I can count eight eight months from now is going to put us in October, and that's no bueno because the season starts early September, and training camp starts end of July, OTAs start May I think, um, which are irrelevant for we don't we don't Jarvis need Landry. No, you don't you don't need him during that. You can set out the OTAs. You can go to one. No, you're thinking of the other wide receiver. Oh, oh. yeah, that's, uh, that's, that that's Odell. He he, uh, he doesn't uh, like to show uh, up to the the. That's right. They're, they're, uh, well, isn't like the famous not saying that, that so. we're supposed to trust the athlete to get themselves ready? Like we should trust a high-profile athlete to be ready for. Yeah, the key the key thing they say is nobody knows their body like themselves. So it's true. Jarvis obviously thought he was doing great, and then yeah. he went and played dodgeball and decided he just he needed surgery. He could he could get through an NFL season, but dodgeball for the Pro Bowl was where he was like, "Well, Jesus, I'm not I'm not recovering how I should." So he had the surgery. I'm a little nervous. I hope that because he is a top tier athlete. He is in great shape. He Five is months. a he Five is a competitor. Months. I would be very happy with. I'll take six. Give me the bare minimum of this recovery time. Six to eight months. What do you have surgery on? Six. I guess I didn't look too much into what exactly he had surgery on. Uh, wasn't his? No, his wasn't his hip. That was. I thought it was that was Odell's. That was, Odell's was like a sports hernia or yeah. something like that. Um, I really don't remember off the top of my head. I just read it too, but it's irrelevant. He got cut, so that's all that matters. Yes, he did have surgery, and there is a recovery process. So that's going to put a little bit of a damper for the Indi- or for the Browns uh, training camp and, and for the fans just in general, which is good for me because I've said a thousand times I'm going into the season with no expectations. So now I can't get excited for no Baker, to, no Baker to Jarvis in, in, in training camp, and I definitely can't get excited for Baker to Odell in, in mini camps because he doesn't show up to those. So I am in good shape. Zero expectations for we this. We can team. get excited for Baker to Higgins all training camp because that's what we did last year. No, stupid fans can get excited for that to think <laughs> that Richard Higgins makes a difference about this team winning or losing. Let's just but be honest. But they're on the same page, sir. Yeah, they have, yeah. You mean to tell me he has better connections with Richard fucking Higgins than he would with a top tier player like Odell Beckham? Like, I don't know. Those two just can't get in sync. He's got this great thing with Higgins. That's because no one's covering Higgins. They don't give a shit about him. That's why he's got great rapport with him. Nobody cares. Uh, um, but yeah, so just typical, typical another week in, in Cleveland Browns fandom. Um, but the rest of the NFL, however, is there's some shit going down there because they are working on a new uh, uh, players' agreement, and it's not going well. the The league is proposing a 17th game, which we all kind of saw coming, and then that they're countering also. Now they're trying to add another playoff team. Which would only, uh, you'd only get one. The 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 number one seed would get the bye week. Yep. The, uh, it is hip surgery by the way for Landry. I just looked it up. Um, I thought you were in, in depth in a text message over there. No, 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 I was looking up the surgery. Uh, but yeah, so they want to add one more team to the playoff. So number one picture. seed gets the only one. Gets number one seed is the only team that gets a bye week. Roster roster increase too. For yeah, roster increase. Roster. Um. You can bring back three. You can actually take, I think it's three IRs you can activate or bring back. Which 
that I think the players are easily saying yes, sign me up for right. that. They're okay with that. Um, do they? I didn't. Did they go as far as proposing another bye week for the year, or is it just seventeen games? Is still the same one bye week? Not sure if that's come out yet. I haven't okay. heard that. But I, I did see JJ Watts uh, tweet today and says uh, absolutely not. Yeah, and then every one of his responses was like, "Why don't you play sixteen games first and then let us know how it is?" Exactly, because that's the <laughs> fucked up thing that uh, I was thinking about. Imagine they give you a seventeenth week, right? Regular season. If you're a decent player, maybe your career lasts, you know, eight to ten years. Yeah, that's almost a full season you've played accumulated just because of that additional game. Right. So that's kind of nuts to think about that these well, they, guys currently, you know, most people, obviously the Browns. 16 games is the maximum. We don't go any further than well, that. The players are going to get paid more because you get paid by game, don't you? There is an increase in pay, which is good for them for the short term. But I think long term, I just, I mean, with the, with the head injuries and the issues the NFL is facing with concussions and, and the CTE in the future, adding additional games and additional hits without changing rules. Like, I think if they adapted, they, they can't rip it off entirely because then they'd look like they were just stealing. But... The kickoff in the XFL is great. <laughs> that shit's going to get stolen. In the it's it's great. And the NFL should steal that. That would Absolutely. be amazing for them. And it would help the concussions and stuff like that. I mean, I get it. You can't stop a concussion mid-game, a bang-bang hit. You're, they're never going to be avoided, I don't think. Um, but I just think with the NFL being so focused on, on player safety that adding another one to possibly two games, because if you add that extra playoff team, there's an extra game a team has to play that used right. to get a bye. So you're really putting your players' health at, at risk here, and I think that's why the Players Association is turning all this shit down. And I don't know if you saw it, but Jarvis Landry tweeted earlier something about like uh, something about how fans better start buying the XFL TV packages because yeah. he's, he's insinuating a lockout's coming. Yeah, that's I saw that too. Someone put on news that the XFL is going to be lit next year with yeah. NFL players because that's basically what's going to happen. They're all going to be like, I'm not playing in the NFL. I'm not going to be. There's a scab, no way so the NFL it. lets it go to a lockout. There's just no possible way. That machine's uh, too big. Crazier things have happened. We'll see. Because it's all the ball's big. in the player's court. It's, it's well, I mean, they're going to have time to counter, obviously. They're going to come right. back with some kind of counter offer. And then at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's going to be, okay, what's more powerful, a bunch of billionaires or a, a lot of millionaires? Who's going to cave first? I don't want to watch Robert Kraft in the field unless he's getting a hand job from an agent. So. Wait a minute. You'd actually watch Robert Kraft get a hand job? I'd, pay-per-view. I'd nice. spend whatever it took. What's the going rate for that pay-per-view? Uh, probably thirty nine ninety nine. If I had the guess. opportunity for sixty nine, I would. No, no, no. You wouldn't pay that much for Robert Kraft. <laughs> Ten years ago, Robert Kraft, maybe. Right now, that old wrinkled dick. No, I'm not. I'm not interested in that full price. But I mean, the the, the players have all the leverage. The the players are concerned about their own safety, right? And they're concerned about the longevity of their their income and their money because the the billionaires, their money's going nowhere. The NFL players, a lot of them are stupid. They go broke, so they have to think about the long term. And if you're playing a 17 game season and you're a guy that's kind of like end of the roster, maybe you go into a game, you get your, you know, you get a badass concussion, you get cut, your career's over. I don't know. I did, just did they I'm, did they cut a preseason game off or two? I think it was going to be one. Because if, if they're mistaken. smart, if they're smart, they cut two preseason games off. Have just two. That way, you're not playing as. Many I would just say games. cut the entire preseason. Well, I agree, but I mean, you're you need to get out there and play your third and fourth string. You, you, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you don't need to do that but at you all. Cut, you cut two preseason games, and then you add one game on for the regular season, and and I think that's. I'm not a pro athlete, but I'm saying I think that might be fair. Might be a, the equivalent of what makes sense, and you get more money and. I don't know. Maybe an extra bye week might make them happy, but no, you're right. The, the players' association is not going to agree to that. They're going to come back with something, and we'll see what. Yeah, happens. Yeah, because we've but. essentially we've reached a point where the preseason is completely meaningless. Uh, 
even when the Browns are playing, I find myself not that interested because the the way it's going currently, and it's I, I can't speak for all teams, but at least for the Browns, especially last season, a lot of the big name players just didn't give a shit. If they played at all, they would play uh, a drive or two, and then they're done for the game. And it's like, what the fuck is the point? Why are we have Why do we have to watch sixty minutes of football when the guys you give a shit about are playing? two minutes at most. It's just such a waste of time. I feel like the NFL could cut these games down. Maybe only play a half if you're going to keep a preseason game. Don't make it a you full 60-minute game. Man. But there is, I, I can't imagine that there's money involved in, in a preseason spots, game. TV spots. You know, the NFL has such great deals with networks. Right, that... but even then, like the, 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 I'm sure Fox or CBS or whoever's broadcasting the games can show numbers that go, okay, in preseason game three, look at the numbers just dip at halftime because right. no one gives a shit about the second half. And the NFL can go, <clears throat> you got a point. Let's only play a half. I mean, this obviously, why, there's this is why you play different two, things they can play work two on. play two preseason but. games. The first game you play is all your backups and your second, third, fourth string, your water boys and water girls out there playing. And then the second preseason game is you play one quarter with your starters and then the rest with your backups, and then you're done. You're, you're done. But all it's going to take is for that one team to just go, you know what? We're not playing our starters at all in the preseason. Yeah. And then every team's going to go, well, I'll do the same. So the preseason, though, is a coup for the owners because just like the fans, where they charge the fans full price for all the preseason games, no matter who's playing, <clears> they still get full price for all the networks. Oh, yeah, of course. products, so why wouldn't they? No, exactly. That's why the owners are looking at it as they don't give a shit if it's preseason, regular season, whatever. They want as many games as possible. And I totally get that from a business perspective, but I just think that the players aren't going to go for it. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because... Strike, 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 strike. I mean, like you said, the NFL is the biggest juggernaut in sports, and they... Baseball can strike, no one cares. And NBA can strike, nobody cares. Yeah, like NHL, they could like stop the season, and I would like check I Twitter one day that and go, play oh, half shit, the time. did they? I didn't even know that. Um, the NHL has had strikes. Oh, yeah, no, in multiple. Multiple. They could, and nobody, they could literally, and nobody noticed. Yeah, they could cancel the entire season, and a lot of people in Northeast Ohio, at least, would probably go, well, I had no idea. In place of the NHL, they put a lot of Disney and ice shows going on. Now you have XFL. And that's Same time. Yep, there you go. Um, but yeah, so the NFL is a juggernaut. I don't, I can't imagine that they're going to... <clears throat> Uh, allow anything to interfere with them getting getting product on the field, <clears throat> making money, you know, being the biggest thing in the world. So nothing's going to change there. Uh, one one sport that I wish would go on strike right now would be the NBA uh, because it's unwatchable as a Cavs fan. And as a non-Cavs fan, I'm sure it's probably not even that watchable because the regular season of the NFL or of, of the NBA – Nobody gives a shit about. I don't think. What about you guys? Do you guys care at all about the NBA regular season? I watched the last month of the season because I feel like that's when it gets a little bit more competitive, and then playoffs, and that's it. Yeah, I don't care about it at all. But yeah. you know, let's get right into it. Browns have a new coach. Dan Gilbert looks over. Jimmy Haslam says, "Jimmy Haslam, hold my beer." And yeah, he is. He's on a record pace for coaches. He is. Uh, the Browns or the the Cavs coaching list is starting to look like that Browns quarterback jersey that hung up downtown because it's just new name after new name, interim after interim. I mean, for those of you that did not know what Greg's referring to, John Bayline quit. <laughs> he literally just said, "I I'm done with this shit, I'm going back to college," um, which is he's kind of like Van Wilder because he's a 70 year old that just can't get away from college. He's going back. He, he was respected there. I mean, people actually looked up to him and wanted to hear what he had to say. Now you're just an old man who's his who's calling me a thug in the yeah, locker he couldn't, room. Yeah, he could not get on the same page with the players. They couldn't relate. 
There was zero respect. Did you read that? Uh, I think it was an article. Is it James Rapine or maybe Lock and Four? Who talked about some of the behind the scenes shit that was going on? Well, Lock and Four is NFL, so I doubt no, he so wrote about it was the Rapine then, right? Maybe it was probably. I don't know. So he was talking about, about some of the shit know. that the players were pulling after the whole like thug slug thing that went down. Um, mm. I guess every day that they'd be playing like a new rap song, they had like thug theme. Yeah, whenever in it. whenever John Bayline would go near a player that was playing music, they would make sure to play. Yep. you know maybe Trick Daddies because I'm a thug. That's a good a song. Of, maybe a lot some of Bone Thugs Bone in Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Boneless Thugs in Harmony. For those of you that don't know about that, did you see that? No. So Bone Thugs and Harmony signed a deal with uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings. Wings. Oh, they are going as <laughs> Boneless Thugs in Harmony to promote uh, BW3's new Boneless Chicken Wings, which Guess is one of the biggest sellout gimmicks, and I love it. I think it's hilarious. Good for Bone I Thugs mean, and Harmony. They, they've already established. They were literally like on the corner drug dealers become rich rappers and they said fuck it we're selling out for chicken wings we don't care i love it i'm all for it all the chicken wings in the world man if you could make money sell out who gives a shit so um back to that real quick though so i honestly that bullshit that went on behind the scenes after that happened no player respected him i don't think anybody respected him to begin with and then when you see andre drummond come in i'm pretty sure beeline saw the writing on the wall and's like you know what Another veterans in the clubhouse. They don't listen to me now. They're not going to continue to listen to me. And and the rumor, quote unquote, was when Andre uh, uh, came in, he basically said that you know it's if he's around, I'm not sticking around. Yeah, which um, <clears throat> I find that one hard to believe because I feel like John Bayline could walk in and say, "Hey, I have 29 million reasons why you'll stick around, whether right, I'm here or not." Right, sure. Um, but I think the money Cavs, talks. The Cavs prep for this, though. I mean, you brought in was it Bickershaw that they have now? Uh, JB Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff. Sorry, his dad coached the uh, Seattle. Bonnie Bickerstaff. Yeah. yeah so, they, I think they planned for this to happen. They didn't plan for him to be line to be around this long because they bought him in because they knew that eventually he was going to be the. Well, the their plan, plan was I, for Bicker. I'm sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just I don't I don't like that about the Cavs. This is the second time they've done this. If yeah. you remember when they hired Blatt, man, David Blatt, pour oh, one out, pour one that? out, pour one out for that guy. He's got a ring though. He coached the Cavs. He's got a ring. I don't know, but they did they give him one. Oh yeah, oh, oh, they did. They did. Good for him. I no, he didn't take it. I thought uh, no, they offered it to him. I don't yeah. know if took it or not. But no, they, they, good, they, good for him. I not taking yeah. it. That's what I'm talking about. But they brought him in, and they brought Ty Lue in to be like, okay, we want to hire Blatt, but in case it fails, we have another guy. Yeah. And they did that with Beeline. They brought in yeah. JB Bickerstaff, and you know how does that make you feel as a coach or a staff? You're like, oh, I'm their guy, but they're hedging their bets by bringing yeah. in a guy to take over for me and. They brought, Ty, they brought Ty, Ty Lue on to be uh, LeBron's comfort blanket. Yeah, how are you supposed to have any type of confidence in yourself or your job security at all when you're John Bayline when the, the ink on your contract isn't even fucking dry yet, and they're hiring J.B. Bickerstaff, and they're like, by the way, he's our future. And John Bayline's like, what the fuck am I? Are you kidding me? Like, I have to do all this work? I'm, I'm the, he's the, uh, the Mark Jackson of, of Steve Kerr. If you're not familiar with that, Mark Jackson was building the Golden State Warriors. He got canned. Steve Kerr came in and got all the credit. Well, you're referencing the fact that the Cavs are building something. So, I mean, they're trying. I didn't say it's going to work. I'm now, just watch, watch the Cavs go out in the second half and like <clears throat> light it up, quote unquote. No, win. I don't. I don't expect anything big to change. When you change your coach in the in the NBA, I mean, it, the NBA is talent based. Phil Jackson's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Phil Jackson. Could have stood out there with a fucking uh, paper bag over his face, no idea what's happening, and he still would have had the same results every game, I think. You think so? When you have Michael Michael Jordan, you have Shaq, you have Pippen, you have Kobe, all these great players, great. Look at when he went to New York. I get it, he wasn't the head coach, he was a consultant, but he was still trying to implement the triangle offense and all his classic shit, and... 
They were garbage. I mean, nothing worked there because he couldn't acquire the talent necessary to win. The NBA is all talent based. It's not coaching. I kind of disagree, though. I think the 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 role of the NBA coach. Yeah, I agree that it's talent based, but I think the role of an NBA coach is also adult babysitter, and you have to control that locker room. And right, think, and that's all I'm saying. I, well, like, what I'm saying is that I think he did a great job controlling. That. I think any other coach you put in a situation. I would have to disagree. I don't think that you'd have the Bulls winning all those championships if there was a different coach in that position. Or the Lakers winning what they did. I, I just don't think so. A thousand percent. They would have won it all without. I mean, we have too much <laughs> talent not to win. I mean, yeah. yes, but the right people who don't control what that locker room's doing and all those egos. I mean, come on. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, that was huge. But that's yeah, the they, difference. They wanted things. to kill each other. And yeah. It, and it didn't matter. It, that's the difference with that, in, in my opinion. That's how the kind of negates your argument. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan are so fiercely competitive. No coach is controlling them. They control the locker room. And my cat just took a shit right next to me, and it smells so bad. I thought um, that was you that was fucking with something. No, she's in the litter box, well, and that's she the just took a shit. That's the best part about uh, us just disagreeing over is the fact that we'll never know, but I just think that I, maybe one less championship, but I think that Phil Collins played a, a played a role in that. Well, in the air tonight, Phil Collins not Phil had Collins, nothing sorry, to do with Phil the Jackson. NBA. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I was listening to Phil Collins on the way over here. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I've always, as a person who, I mean, it was sixth grade girls, but I coached basketball before and it's honestly, it's you could tell them everything they should be doing, right. and if they don't go out and do it, there's nothing you could do as a, as, an, as a basketball coach. Whereas football, it's so much more than that. You're picking the play where each guy has to be precise on everything he does. The NBA, it's honest to God, it's you go out there and you want people to line up in certain spots, but somebody's going to go rogue, things are going to go wrong. There's there's no control. It's 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 chaos on a basketball court. Um, I'm not taking away Phil Jackson. Or Phil Collins, whoever you guys like as the head coach. I want to see Phil Collins coach a team now. If he was, what now about it's stuck Peter in my Gabriel? head. What about Peter Gabriel? Peter Gabriel. Yeah, yeah no. I mean, come on. Who? He's the singer. Phil, I don't Phil, know what Phil he. Phil yeah. Co- really? Phil Collins. It was that was Genesis before. It oh, was Peter Gabriel and Genesis. Yeah. I really don't know yeah. much about yeah. old music. If yeah. I'm being honest. <laughs> but uh, no, he was. Uh, yeah, Peter Gabriel was Phil Collins' assistant coach in L.A. when he was coaching the Lakers, coaching the Genesis team. Yeah, uh, and they broke off, and he went and coaches. But yeah, I do think I think Phil Collins probably could have won like three or four rings with Michael Jordan, <laughs> if I'm being honest, because that's how little coaching has to do with it. But uh, for the Cavs, it's it's truly just about growth. You you have this young team. I don't think we have the talent that Philadelphia was acquiring back in the day, but it's almost the same situation <clears throat> where trust the process. It takes a long time to build a team in the NBA to come from nothing. The The Cavs are like a phoenix. LeBron left. They burned the fucking place down. We're trying to rise out of the ashes right now, and it's not going great. But there are some bright spots that you could possibly be excited about, like Kevin Porter Jr. So do we see him playing and starting more now, you think? Should. He should be. Um, but I don't know if that was Bayline's decision or... I don't know. I don't know who he's getting his intel from. Is that Kobe Altman that's telling him, no, 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 you're sticking with this? And maybe that's why he kind of wanted out as well, because he's not only getting, he's getting no respect from players. Maybe he's not getting respect from the front office. We'll never know. Um, As you mentioned earlier, that Andre Drummond story, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think there were too many stories that said uh, nobody gave a fuck about Bayline. They didn't respect him. They didn't, you know what I mean? Uh, It makes sense that he, quote unquote, got put into a different role with the Cavaliers. I feel like the guy's not showing up anymore. Dan Gilbert's just saying it's better. it looks better on paper to let you stay here for the rest of the season than to just say that you were gone. 
Is Dan Gilbert still alive? I mean, how, what's yeah, he did a press man? conference today? Oh, is he still kicking? He doing okay? Yeah, I don't I think he's kicking much. I haven't seen I haven't seen him actually publicly since. No, uh, I didn't thing. see it, uh, but I, I guess he did some sort of presser today. He went on for like 15 minutes, cracked some jokes. He's got a he, he. I forgot what it is. It might be a dog, but he has like a service animal now. Really? Um, so I mean, he's in good spirits. Yeah. Good for him. He's he's coming along. I just my one hope with this going forward is that you know we talked we talked about Kevin Porter Jr. last episode uh, that we everybody sees the talent there, but how yeah. how is it nobody in that team? He should be it? your starting two guard, absolutely, and he should be getting more minutes than whoever you want to start at the one, whether it be Garland or Sexton. I would probably go with Garland. I think Sexton still, is ideal off the bench. I'm still fifty fifty with Sexton, but they've invested so much into him. Well, Sexton, I think is a good player. I think his issue is that he just doesn't pass, which is fine. He reminds me of Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson's going to come off the bench. He 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 could play the one or two because right. of his size, but you know he's not going to pass. He's coming off the bench to give you 20 points. That's what I need from Colin Sexton. Let Darius Garland then turn into your natural point guard. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is your two, and then when you when those guys need a blow and you need somebody to come off the bench yeah. to give you a spark, that's Colin Sexton because that guy can score. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what do I know? Nothing. You know, I'm just sitting here watching, but uh, that's what I would do. But... It's going to be interesting. Yeah, so the NBA is uh, midway through the year a little bit. All-Star game, All-Star break just ended. They, they do it all fucked up. They play 82 games. Their All-Star break comes and goes with 30 games, give or take, left to play. So the NBA is getting ready to tee off with the back. Well, they have already teed off in the back nine. but uh, Cavs are on right now, actually. Yeah, Cavs are doing everything in their power to lose to the Washington Wizards. What's the score? It is 92 to 85, 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Way to go. But uh, they, at one point they were down by like 15, so they've, they're making a hell of a comeback, sort of. But yeah, the NBA, honestly, I, I just don't care about it in the regular season. Even when the Cavs were good, I didn't care that much about it. But maybe one day they'll figure shit out, or they could just, you know, I think they should do it. Just fuck it. Let every team make the playoffs. They're already get, almost there. More than half the league makes the playoffs. Every team should just make the playoffs nowadays. That'd be interesting. You know, why not? Maybe one year, the last seed wins the championship, and that would be amazing. It'd be the biggest underdog story of history. Right. It'll never happen, no. but wishful thinking, because the NBA already just has horrible decisions, so fuck it. What's another one? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, we are here for or we are getting into what everyone came here for, and that is for Greg Sherwood to talk about some baseball. I went ahead and did a little bit of prep work. Here's the rundown of what we're going to be doing. I've got some things I want Greg to give me his two cents on. Two cents? Like ten cents? I have some specific things I'd like him to give me one cent on. <laughs> and then I'm going to let him give you guys the whole motherfucking dollar. He's getting the, He's getting some talking. He's got paperwork. He's more prepared for this show than I've ever been in my life, and I've been doing this show a long time. I put notes on a phone. I mean, Greg brought the encyclopedia. Yeah, I like, I abbreviate everything with like one sentence, and Greg came in with paperwork. I love it. I'm very excited for this, because he knows his shit. As I said earlier, whenever I talk shit about uh, uh, the Dolans, I always reference something that Greg has told me, because Greg knows, and he he has insight insight to things that I don't even know about. So when he tells me things, I'm like, oh shit, this is great. I absorb it like a sponge. We've been building this Greg thing for a while. I think we've been mentioning Greg and dropping it since like episode two or three. Yeah, because I fucking, I hate the fucking Dolans and Greg's yeah. with me. So Every time you mention, or every time you mention baseball, we're like, ah oh, man, our friend Greg, if he was here, he'd say 
whatever you know he fuels my dolan hatred and now i'm here and now, and now, he's now here, i'm, and now and I'm about talk. to say it in the flesh <laughs> in your ears ladies and gentlemen we had to Greg offer him a pretty penny to come over too i mean yeah guy. it wasn't cheap no it wasn't cheap to get him here actually he paid us technically i got a i got a bottle of moonshine out of it so this is a great deal and we actually can drink this while he's talking with his one dollar worth of information <laughs> so we'll start off what i want to do for uh mlb baseball season's getting ready to kick off obviously <clears throat> spring training is underway Pitchers, catchers, everybody's reported. Uh, the Indians, their pitchers reported, and a couple of them are trying to deport out of the out of spring training already. We have Mike Clevenger. He went down with a knee injury. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. What's the timetable for his return? Do you happen to know, Greg? So the Indians said six to eight weeks for Major League Baseball activities. Okay. But just the in- injury itself is four to six weeks generally. It was like a partially torn meniscus in his knee, so he had to have knee surgery. And I just don't see with him missing all of spring training, pretty much, you know, the next six weeks of spring training, how it's going to be two weeks of rehab and he's ready to go for the season. So he's a machine. That's I, why. I really expect <laughs> to see him at May at the earliest. And like inj- Indians injuries tend to do, I could see it just dragging out and maybe mid-June before they, he comes back. I really hope it's not. Yeah. But it could be. We, we do seem to be cursed with like a nagging injury. Somebody gets it. Like even Lindor last year started off a little banged up. He he was late getting into the season. When did he, when did he actually play last year? It was uh, like a month into the season, give or take. A couple yeah, weeks. he pretty much missed a month. Yeah, back in May. And then it he had a Ish. very slow start because it's hard to just adapt to get up to speed with everybody else in well, baseball. Doesn't help that you're playing baseball in 32 degree weather for the first month too. Well, he Lindor didn't. He still came in and needed a little extra time. Who loves the beginning of the Indian season? Home in Cleveland in March, then going to Detroit and Minnesota. Yeah, well, uh, poor, obviously, poor Indians. Yeah, two of the warmest spots, uh, big big time, especially in, in you know March and April. Those are huge vacation spots for families. They get those beachfront houses and mm-hmm. Airbnbs are dirt cheap, just living in luxury. I'm so glad Minnesota built a new stadium and built another dome. It <coughs> yeah. just made so much sense for them to do that. One of the dumbest fucking things. It's just the Metrodome was that what it was called? Their other one they played yeah. in. Yeah, the Metrodome. It was awesome. It looked like shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, it was it, horrible to watch. It on looked TV. horrible. It, it it looked like some kid made it on like The Sims, but it was <laughs> it was fun. I used to I liked playing there in video games and shit. And then yeah, like Greg said, Minnesota, obviously known for the balmy weather, they decided to stick an outdoor stadium. Who needs a fucking roof? <laughs> yeah, <it's>, nobody. <laughs> yeah, no, we love the snow. It looks great. It's really easy to find a white baseball when it's a fucking blizzard. I can't That's wait. For, smart. Can't wait for Toronto to redo theirs and open every fucking thing too. Might as well. I mean, at this point. <laughs> They're, I heard they're getting ready to put a team in Alaska, and they're going to exclusively play in January month or in winter months. Crosswinds up there would be amazing. Uh, yeah, the Indians are going to have to start the season there every year. Uh, but what, what I wanted to do was <clears throat> I wanted to go over. I told Greg not to look this up, and I trust him. I have USA Today's predictions. So we'll go over that first because that would kind of spoil um, – our World Series predictions if we went over that afterwards. So, obviously, we'll do that first. So, with that, without further ado, quick recap, or rundown, I should say, of what USA Today has for their uh, projections. They which, have... Which I did not look up. Perfect. I asked Greg not to because I wanted to get his honest opinion on what he thought. Uh, when it comes to baseball, Greg's my go-to guy. I trust his knowledge more than anybody that I know. So, without further ado, the American League East... They have, obviously, the New York Yankees finishing on top. 103 wins. Sound about right? Sounds about right. I think so, too. The addition of Garrett Cole, I think they're they're going to be even better than last year, which is kind of scary. 
Uh, Tampa it make, Bay. It, it makes me sad when the Yankees are good. And me gonna, too. I, I hate be the Yankees. Really good. Uh, basically, there's no team in the AL East, even though I don't have any vendetta against the Tampa Bay Rays, Blue Jays, or the Orioles. They can all go fuck themselves. I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Yankees. So they're all just lumped together. Fuck the AL East. Uh, second place, they have their projection of Tampa Bay, 92 wins. Yeah. The Rays are always right. good. Yeah. They're always innovating. Yep. They always find good players. You know, they made some trades this offseason to refresh a little bit. Yep. I think they'll Very be similar to the Indians. Small market, not a lot of money gets thrown into the team. Yeah. Similar. A little kind bit. Uh, Boston, 84 wins. I think that sounds about right. I think Boston's kind of going to a, a rebuild mode a little bit. Um, and... I don't know. I'm just I'm happy to see Boston failing, so that makes me really happy. Uh, Toronto and, and Baltimore they have them 75 and 57 respectively for the projections. About right. We expect them to be in the basement. So I think Toronto is going to surprise. Really? I, I okay. wouldn't be surprised if Toronto finished higher than Boston. Really? They have a lot of young talent. I mean, they have the sons of the major leaguers contingent. Yeah, that's true. You know, you've got <laughs> Vladito, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You got Kevin Biggio. Son of Hall of Famer Craig Biggio. Yep. And you've got Bo Bichetti, son of Don of Coors Field Masher Dante Bichetti. Oh, I didn't even know that. No shit. Oh yeah. I honestly didn't know that he was even on the Blue Jays. Huh. Yeah, he's top prospect. Making he debuted late last year. Looked pretty good. Oh, okay. They, that explains why I didn't yeah, know it. All right. They have a lot of talent coming up, and I think they could finish like over 500 and no better shit. than the Red Sox. I don't think they'll compete for the playoffs really seriously, but, but they're up and they coming. can be a surprising up and coming good team. Okay. I like that. See then, ladies and gentlemen, that's why we like Greg talk. Cause he <laughs> fills me in on shit that I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll stick to the set. I'll just, I'll just go in order. I don't want to go out of, out of order here. So we'll go to the central. They have Minnesota pretty much running away with the division. 94 wins. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately that's, that's, very accurate. But wait a minute. The Indians play in that division. What are you talking about? Uh, and then I'll go second and third place. I'll combine them because it's pretty damn neck and neck. They have Cleveland at 86 wins, White Sox 83. So they think that one's going to be a pretty tough tough uh, neck and neck second and third place finish there, which makes sense. I've, I've said it all along. I would not be shocked if the Indians finish in third place. White Sox had a very interesting offseason. They've had a very interesting offseason, to say the least. I'm not buying them as a real contender. I think, the, Indi- I think the Indians will beat them. They okay. did have a very good offseason, but they were so bad last year. That is true. That and you had a few good guys and a few prospects. Like They're getting better. Yeah, yeah, but it's not enough to turn it all around right. in one season. And they're going to cost the Indians some wins when they play head-to-head. Yeah. But yeah, well, I don't know. I think 500 would be a victory for them. Okay. Really? Wow. Okay. I could see that. Uh, then they have Kansas City, sixty-five wins. Yeah, they're about right. And then Detroit, ass. Detroit, fifty-four. Uh, they have Detroit, worst team in the league. I'll spoiler alert, but they have Detroit. Fucking <laughs> Detroit's terrible. So that's 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 the one thing that I hate about certain Cleveland fans. And we'll get into this once Greg gets his, gets going in a minute. But is my thing is everyone gets so excited because the Indians compete for the division and things like that every year, which is all well and good to an extent. Once you hit a point of just winning the division against really shitty opponents in your division and getting eliminated in the first round kind of loses its luster for me, and it kind of makes me go, I want more than this. I want to advance further, spend a little bit of money, make us a little bit of a bigger competitor. And that's why I hate the fans that just go, oh, you know, the Dolans are great owners. The Indians are always in contention, and they've won the division, and this and that. And I just think, like, that sounds good. It's nice to put up a little pennant in the stadium that says, you know, division champs. But at the end of the day, 
as yeah. a realistic fan. Which which they didn't even do last year. Oh, they didn't? No, the Twins won the division. Oh, I thought you meant they didn't put one up last year. For the year. I thought you meant for the year prior. Oh, got him. I thought you meant they didn't put one up for 2018. That's why I was like, no shit. Even the Dolans are getting cheap at the pennants. Um, then we go to the AL West, and we have the Houston Garbage Cans. I'm sorry, the Astros. They have, they're projecting 95 wins. It's about right, I would think. I mean, they're still good. Exactly. They, the, talent, the talent's there. They did lose Jarrett Cole. Yep. And they didn't add anything this offseason. And everyone's going to be gunning for them. So yeah, I'm very excited to for see. That. They, they're Literally. probably going to win the division. <laughs> yeah. But I think the Angels are really going to put up a challenge. We can get to that. Funny you say that. <laughs> USA Today has the Athletics. 92 wins mm. right behind Houston for a pretty close race at the finish. And to, to get to the Angels, which I agree with you, I think the Angels are going to be a little bit of a surprise team. They don't have any pitching, though, which yes. is kind of status quo. They, they're only projecting 84 wins, so they're going to be a distant third projection. Uh, Trout, Otani, Rendon, and Upton pretty fun players to watch though on the same team and that's that's my we talked about that all the time about how mike trout i wish i wish he would i hate to say it for for the angels but i wish he would 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 sign with another team or get traded or something i wish he would have never stayed in in la because you just don't get to appreciate him being a west coast player on a shitty team nobody gets to see him and it's a shame because i think mike trout is honestly got one of the greatest baseball players of all time yeah, you guys may not know but i have a huge man crush on mike trout as i am well aware but yeah (laughs) My wife knows that anytime I see him play, I pretty much just lose it. And he is one of the greatest players of all time. Yep. And nobody knows because exactly. he's been on crappy teams on yep. the West Coast. He's the kind of guy that when he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, that's when fans are going to go, oh, shit, I didn't know his numbers were that good. Like, nobody pays attention to him, but no. he's right in front of our faces. So, people, if you're listening to this, this is your PSA. Go watch Mike Trout as much as you can. If there's a shitty Angels game on ESPN on, like, a Wednesday night, you know, you're, you're just sitting home jacking off anyway. Watch the fucking game. Watch Mike Trout. Jack off while you're watching Mike Trout. Or let Greg do that. That's fine. Women, yeah, I Women will listen, too. <laughs> What's up? Women listen to our show, too. Yeah, Jill off while you watch Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flick the bean, watch Mike Trout, whatever you got to do. <laughs> uh, then they have uh, they have Texas uh, with newly acquired Corey Kluber. Uh, 79 wins. And then Seattle finishing in the basement. 67 wins. About right trading there. Jerry Depotos. No they big, are no big trades this offseason. Yeah, oh, yeah. Their GM man, he trades. He yeah, just trades, trades and trades and trades. Uh, it's just a trade. It's like it's entertaining. Kind of, it's like the Marlins. Like they they do that a lot. They just get rid of everybody, and it's like, what the fuck are you acquiring? Well, they uh, trade to salary dump. Right. Jerry Depoto just trades to trade. Yeah, it's just he he's bored. He's like, this <laughs> team sucks. I'm just gonna fuck around with it a little bit. He's like a he's like a 500 fantasy owner. Like, let's make some trades. It's not gonna help my team at all, but it's just fun to do. Uh, now we move to the National League. We have the Atlanta Braves in the NL East atop. I feel like it's one of the most competitive divisions. 92 wins. See, I think Atlanta lost quite a bit in the offseason. So they lost Donaldson. But they also yeah. gained. But they signed Marcelo Zuna. True. And they have a lot of talent, both pitching and hitting, that's young, either just up from the minors or coming up. Yeah. Like their uh, rotation, you got Mike Sorotka, you got Max Fried. Yeah, you've got true. stud outfielders like Austin Riley just waiting to be called up. They've they've got a lot of talent there. Yeah, that's a good point. I hate I, the, I, I hate I hate the Braves because a certain friend of ours, well, mine loves the Braves, but 
they're they're a fun team to watch. I hate them because of '95. I'll never get over well, that. But true. that's just me. I hold grudges forever. I can tell. How <laughs> old were you in '95? What? Like... Six years old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. By no means did I did I did I mean that Atlanta was ever was like gonna gonna tank or anything like that. I just thought that they did lose quite a few pieces in the off season. But like you said, they've maintained and possibly with. Uh, signed a guy for a cheap contract that the Indians should have done in Ozuna. Yep. A real actual you starting, me, like, starting the outfielder. You texted me like the they signed him. You were one like, ye- what one the ye- fuck are the Dolans doing? One year, $18 million. Yeah, that's nothing. That's, that's, nothing. that's pocket change. That's too expensive for the Dolans. I actually, side note, uh, actually, I'll wait till later because I don't want to steal any of your thunder in case you have this on your list. So I don't Because I haven't looked at any of Greg's notes. He could be going on some sort of you know crazy rant that I don't even know about. That's not even Indians related, but I'm going to let him do it. Uh, second place, they have the defending champion Washington Nationals, eighty-eight wins. Does that sound about right to you? I guess it's a tough division. That sounds pretty low because Very, I thought the same I thing. Mean, I thought eighty-eight was kind of light. They lost Rendon, but you know they still have Strasburg and Scherzer, and you got a full season of Juan Soto and Victor Robles. Like they've got a nice mix of veterans and young talent, and they just won the World Series. Yeah, I, that's going to be a dogfight at the top of that. I division. agree with you. I mean, their projection has them only separated by said, four that games. So is very interesting. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, this is a shocker to me, and maybe there, maybe I'm missing something, but I, I don't. Saw this. The Mets, 85 wins. They have the Mets neck and neck, kind of with Washington. Did I miss something with the Mets where they're expected to be good this year? I mean. They, I mean, were, wrong, they were expected to be good last year, and they have talent. Yeah. They, they got have the a crazy bear. rotation. Got Syndergaard, you got DeGrom, you got some young players like Nimmo, and the guy who just got called up that I'm blanking on, but rest assured, they're going to mess it up. I think so, too. I actually have friends. I see what you did there. They're going to mess it up. I have friends that are Mets fans, and I love talking shit about the Mets to them, so we're actually out. just talking baseball shout out today. To them now. They're really the Browns of baseball. <laughs> they, they are. We talk shit about them all day. Like, my one buddy, is a, he's a Mariners fan. My other friends are Mets fans, so, uh, you know, every once a month, give or take, he'll text everybody in the group and just be like, how's everyone feeling about a Mariners-Mets World Series this year? Because that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, he just fucks around, and we all just talk about how shitty both teams are. So, I was very shocked when I saw the Mets at 85 wins. Like, don't get me wrong, I agree with you. They have a ton of talent. They have potential, but I feel like by the the offseason issues they had with, they fired Mickey Calloway, then they hired Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran then gets fired, I guess, technically, or quits, whatever it is, because of the the cheating allegations. So I just feel like, what a clusterfuck for the Mets. Like you said, they're like the Browns. This is shit that happens to the Browns in the offseason. It's happening to the Mets to continuously fuck up their season. Quick question on the Mets, though. Did I read... I'm wrong here, but I saw something with Rodriguez and Mets in the same kind of story. Is there something going on with Rodriguez trying to buy into the Mets? Yeah, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because there was they were supposed to be sold a couple weeks ago, and that okay. sale that deal like fell through. It was a whole thing. Okay. Yeah, because the the Bernie Madoff scammed crazy owners of the Mets were mm-hmm. like, "We'll sell the, you the Mets, but we want to be in charge for five more years." Yeah, and they're, they're like, "Get the <laughs> fuck out of here!" Oh, okay, wow. All right. And so since then, you know, there's look, they're still looking for another buyer, and they're like, "All right, 
we don't want to be in charge for five more years, but we've now tripled the price to something crazy. And yeah. So somebody just like so, floated A Rod. Yeah, yeah. Someone threw out an article with like you know A Rod dip, versus dip Jeter the, because know, Jeter's with Miami now or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck are they talking? He can about? Dip, he can dip into J Lo's money to buy the team. He should dip into um, ass. Actually, I wouldn't. I would just stay in bed with her all day. But that's just mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah. So A Rod, there's apparently the rumor that he has teamed up with Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel, and they're looking to buy the Mets right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback, ladies keep, and gentlemen. Keep, keep shitting on that 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 musical squad it's okay. a new genesis in the mets history yeah they maybe that's what that's what they're looking for that's a spark they needed they'll, they'll play in the air tonight every every day before the games and that's going to get them going easy, easy lover that didn't work for anybody this season so let's or they could play it thing. before every pitch and no one will actually hear them banging on garbage cans because they'll think it's Phil, <laughs> they'll think it's the drum part uh identical record philadelphia phillies 85 and 77 same as the mets what do you think about that I buy that. I mean, they signed Zach Wheeler. Yep. Good pitcher from the Mets. I was honestly disappointed in the Phillies last year because I right. thought they were going to be a much better team. They made some yep. good moves. I mean, obviously, Bryce Harper should make you a contender, right? Or not a contender, at least, but it should it should get you some make wins you better. on the season. And then uh, I'm drawing a blank, the catcher that they traded for from the Marlins last year. I JT Real name. Muto. That's him. Best catcher in baseball. I was just going to say. How do you forget that name? I mean. Exactly. Yeah, roll right <laughs> off your tongue. Um, but they traded for uh, Real Molto, and and I thought the same thing. I thought the Phillies were actually going to compete for the division, and they had a very disappointing season. Keep that heat down, Tara, you son of a bitch. Uh, and then Miami Marlins finishing in the basement. She's like a fucking ninja. Where'd she wins. come from? I saw her. <laughs> uh, and then you go to the Central. St. Louis, 88 wins. No division one in winners. the Central is really going to be good. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked here. Brewers? Cincinnati. Oh well, they've done a 85. lot of they've done a lot of things. They but had a, they had a big off season, but you never know if that'll translate. Right. This division looks like it could be very close. I'll do the last three combined here, but this one could come down to the wire, according to their predictions, at least, because you have St. Louis with eighty eight, Cincinnati with eighty five, right behind a Milwaukee eighty four, and then their fourth place projection is Chicago with eighty two. Chicago's so, winning the World Series, man. They just signed Kipnis. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be in really good shape for the old dirt bag out there. <laughs> Uh, Pittsburgh, 60 wins. Shit, shit team. Uh, then we go to the West, who... I'll, I'll just throw this out there. There is a cheaper owner in baseball than the Dolans. Who do you got? And it is Bob Nutting, who oh. owns the Pirates. Yeah, he's another one. Like They're horrible, and they cut the most payroll yeah. in baseball this offseason. Yeah, they were already bad. At least the Indians have been competitive for the last few years, and they kind of cut and pick and choose where they're spending money. The Pirates are just like, fuck it. We're sucking, and we're sucking cheap. Their fans are the opposite of nutting while watching their team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, actually, the fans probably are nutting because they, they'd rather fuck somebody than watch the game. <laughs> Illegally fuck somebody while watching the game. Hey, I'm not telling people how to live their lives. And then we go to the West. Los Angeles Dodgers, 99 wins. Surprised that it's not 100. I thought the same thing. Just round I think up. Just, just, just exactly. round up. The, you mean your predictors couldn't just go, fuck it, give them, a, give them an even 100. I think they're good, but they're not that good. And then a distant second, second place, they have Arizona. San Diego, this division shit. Colorado, and then San Francisco finishing at the bottom. Uh, I think the West is obviously the Dodgers' division to lose, so that one's kind of a no-brainer there. Any yep. surprises out of those, Greg, or anything? I mean, the Padres have some fun players. Yeah, you, know, you got Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, they keep Manny Machado on that team. For some reason they gave Eric Hosmer big money a couple years ago for God knows why, but he's there. Like they're trying at least. Yeah, they got I, some I exciting give the players. I mean, they're not going to compete for the division, but at least it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. That's good. Um, if anyone stays up to midnight to watch West Coast games, 
Nope. I do. And not. they could they could be playing the Angels and Mike Trout, and I'd probably still go to bed. But, uh, but yeah, no, I like I like your thoughts on the, the the Blue Jays with all that young talent. That would be a surprising thing to finish above the Red Sox. And anytime you get a chance to shit on the Red Sox, take advantage of it. Uh, now we're gonna go around the horn with the three of us. We'll each be answering the same question, and brief explanation of why. And let's do it for the Indians fans out there. Will Francisco Lindor still be a Cleveland Indian by season's end? I'll start off. I am going to say yes. I think the Dolans are going to hold on to him for this full season, and they are going to attempt to trade him in the offseason to acquire as much value as they can so they're not making some sort of desperation move at the trade deadline. I think they're going to think it through. And I also think they don't want the bad publicity from the fans coming to the stadium with signs talking shit about them, fans no longer coming to games, protesting, things like that. I think they're going to do it in the offseason, early in the offseason, so fans have time to kind of cool down before the season starts. I think that's their plan, and that's my my, my gut. Greg? So I say he will probably be on the team at the okay. end of the season. Generally, if, if I'm forced to say yes or no, I'll say yes and agree with you. A um, couple different reasons, though. Mm-hmm. First is that we've seen that the trade offers have been pretty weak for stars. Yeah, you, know, you didn't get a lot from Mookie Betts, and it be- it's because teams know that the teams training them are just trying to dump payroll. Yeah, so you get no leverage. Like the Red Sox are like, we could get better players, but we'll take worse players if you take David Price also. Yeah, and I think if the Indians got a good offer, like anything involving Gavin Lux from the Dodgers this offseason, it would have been a done deal. But okay. like Kluber, where we ended up for a two-time Cy Young winner with some questions, but basically got a reliever and a 4A outfielder, that's a poor return. I think if we got anything decent, they would have traded him this offseason. So looking at this year, it really depends if the team is competitive at the break. Um, and I think they will because the wild cards make it really easy for everyone to stay into contention. Yeah, I felt better about that before the Clevenger and Carrasco injuries. But that's going to let me go on a little side rant real quick about one of my annoying things, things that annoys me about the Indians, is that they love to trade at the deadline. Their thing yeah. is, we aren't going to sign any guys in the offseason. We'll wait to see where we are and approve it at the deadline. Well, you go into the season with obvious holes with intent to film at the deadline. The wins count in April, May, and June just as much as they do in July, August, and September. And, you know, you lose the division by three games. You sign someone in the offseason... You get them for those first three months where the wins also count. Yep. And you aren't giving up prospects and future talent. But, yeah, if the Indians are out of contention, he's gone at the deadline for sure. But I think with the wild card, and they do have a decent team overall, I think there's a there will at least be hope of wild card. So they uh, hold on to him at the deadline and trade him in the offseason. I agree. The longer they hold on to him, uh, the less leverage they have because everybody and their fucking brother knows he's a goner. As soon as his contract expires or when they trade him, however he becomes available to other people, he's gone. So teams are sitting back just going, well, fuck you, I'm not, I'm not giving up top talent for this guy because we'll just try to sign him in a, in a, in a year or two. It, so. It's interesting to see, talking about trading stars, last offseason, before Kluber got hurt and had a bad year and was looking like a Cy Young Award winner, the rumor was the Dodgers offered us a package headlined by outfielder Alex Verdugo and we said, no, that's not enough. We need more. And now, in a salary dump, he ends up being the centerpiece of the Mookie Betts trade. And so you can see how stars, when money is a factor, you just yeah. aren't getting anything for him. Yeah, that's unfortunately just the way the market's going. Uh, Kyle? 
I mean, if I'm going to continue following Greg after this, I've got nothing else to say. But um, I'm just going to say, yes, I believe he will be here at the end of the season for obviously all the reasons you guys listed. But um, it doesn't make sense to move him unless for some god godforsaken reason yeah. we're just shitting the bed this season. Uh, I agree. There's no there's no reason to move him. I agree with you that they're not going to resign. And him. I think that's our biggest issue is being in the central too. Yeah, because we're going to look competitive. For the whole, for most of the season, we're right. going to be within a handful of games, I would think, unless something goes just disastrously wrong. But you expect to be at least in contention for most of the season, so it's going to be a tough sell to the fan base of, well, should we trade Lindor now when we're three games behind uh, Minnesota at the trade deadline, or do we wait and just let the season play out where we're going to end up ten games out of first place once it's all said and done? Is there any percent in your head that you think that the Dolans will sign him? by the end of the season to a long-term contract? One. Yeah, one percent. The fucked up thing, and I'll just get to it. Uh, sorry, Greg, if this is on your list, maybe it's not. <laughs> there was a tweet that I saw today that was very, very, very enlightening for me. And it said, if the Indians sign Lindor right now to a contract that pays him $35 million a year, it would still be, I think they said the total payroll would be like, 10 million less than it was in 2017 and you know this and that like the numbers were so similar to the last few seasons that paying him that money right now wouldn't really affect anything but because the dolans are the dolans it's not gonna happen see the big number yeah it it, it showed like the last three seasons or at least the last three seasons that we made the playoffs so it might have been 16 17 18 on the tweet i forgot off the top of my head but it, it was so close of like it's only it's ten million more than this. It's ten million less than this year. Like it's some some of them were actually less than certain years. Like I think uh, 2017 is where the Indians kind of spent a little bit bigger, and it was it would be it would still be cheaper total payroll that now with Lindor on a thirty five million dollar contract or per year than it would have been that year that they were willing to spend. So it just goes to show you that it's the Dolans pinching pennies. Like they've oh, yeah. they've spent it before total, not on one player obviously, but. Don't get it's, me wrong. It's, it's, it's they capable. Can, they can absolutely afford to re-sign him, but yeah. they decided they want another yacht or another private jet and just want yep. to pocket that $35 million a year, so they just won't. Cocksuckers. Next question. MVP prediction. Is American it, League, I'm going... I think you have, to, an, well, you have to redefine this. Is it the MVP or the MVP-ness thing you're going for? Uh, no, no no, MVP-ness okay, today okay. Sorry, for I baseball. Want to make sure. I want to let the season sure. play out before I decide who's got the biggest dong. Uh, <laughs> so, you're not, so, so you're not following him. Okay, thank you. Go first, Kyle. I, it's hard to follow the greatness that is Greg when it comes to baseball. Are we doing AL or are we doing NL? Both. Both, okay. So can I give two per league because i wrote down two choices just yeah, sure. what i'm thinking okay so al i have trout obviously yeah um and the other one i, I threw out there is kind of a wild card lindor I, I feel like why not i mean he could have a hell of a fucking season you know he's playing he's, for, he's played an he's, mvp level before he's, for he's, sure he's playing into a big contract next year why not go out there and just throw it all on the table that, so i threw him down there as a wild card um so, so a point on that sure Fangraphs came out with their Zips projections, okay. basically, uh, last week, which are just, you know, projections for stats for the season. <clears throat> and Lindor is projected, if you're familiar with war, wins above replacement, basically how good you are versus some random schlub you just bring up from trip you bring up from AAA. And Lindor is projected for the fourth most war in the majors. Hmm? Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, third in the AL behind Mike Trout and Alex Bregman, douchebag. So, I mean, maybe. That's a moderately decent company to be in. Maybe. And Mookie Betts in the NL. Yeah. Um, my NL prediction was uh, Acuna um, okay. and then uh, Juan Soto as a uh, kind of a 
possible wild card if they're out there. I like it. So those are my predictions. Greg, so, what do Greg, you got? Follow this greatness, bitch. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we actually agree a lot. Really? Not okay. actually. You're an intelligent sports fan. Wouldn't expect anything less. But obviously, that's the GOAT. That's kind of how I look at like the NBA MVP back in the day, like when they were just kind of dishing it out to different people. And I, not to be a homer because I'm a Cavs fan, but I'm watching the games just going, LeBron's the MVP every year. Like it, he should just get it every year. But the NBA's got to be political and you know give it out. But I'm sorry to interrupt. But... <clears throat> yep. Then in the NL, um, I'm just going to go with the obvious Mookie Betts because he's been in the majors. Clearly, the second best player to Trout all these past years been in the same league. My dark horse, agreeing with Kyle, is Juan Soto. He's really good. He's really young. He can only get better. Had a monster year last year. He's he's my dark horse. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I am going, obviously, Mike Trout in the AL. NL, just to be different. And he was my... He was, he was creeping up as one of my wild cards, but I'll just fucking take him as my number one just to be different. Bryce Harper. Nice. I feel like he's he kind of came into his own as the season progressed in Philadelphia, and I think that maybe he could start the year off with that same momentum and keep it up and just play to his true potential, and I'm going to just roll the dice. He's got a lot of salt to wipe, wipe away. For and obviously season. Mookie Betts is an amazing baseball player, and I don't feel like switching coasts is going to change anything, but my, my only reasoning behind picking uh, uh, Harper is because, like I said, he, he was figuring it out as the season progressed. Maybe Mookie Betts has a little bit of trouble you know, getting in the, in the swing of things and being on the same page in, 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 the, in L.A. I don't think he will, but it's just my, my guess, just to be a little different. Uh, next question, we'll start with Greg. Cy Young. So, starting the National League, I'm going to go with DeGrom. Okay. He's just so dominant. He really is. It's, it's, it's amazing that the, like he's on such a shitty team. Right, and no one pays attention because <laughs> it's the Mets. They yeah. might as well be a West Coast team. Because all people look at it, they just go, they look at his wins and losses, and they're like, what the fuck, how's this guy winning the Cy Young? And you're like, well, if you actually watch the games, they're not losing because of this guy. Right. In the AL, I think it'll come down to... Garrett Cole versus Verlander again. Yep. But I think Verlander will take it this year. I think Cole's going to be a little bit negatively impacted by Yankee Stadium, going from a decent yeah. pitcher's park to a real big-time hitter's park. And something that's gotten lost in all this cheating allegations for the hitters is the Astros increasing their spin rate by pitchers using substances. So Trevor that's Bauer. apparently just flying under the radar. And I actually saw the recipe posted. I forget who posted it. For what the Astros pitchers used, it was, like, it was like cut a, it was, yeah, it was probably Trevor Bauer. <laughs> it was like cut a Coke can in half, and it was like Coke, pine tar, spray on sunscreen or something, and then heat it with a lighter underneath, like you're about to do heroin or whatever, Jesus, about to shoot up heroin, and then dab it on your fingers, and boom, an extra couple hundred RPMs on your fastball. Black tar baseball. Let's, yeah, pretty I'm much. Try, I'm going to try that in my bowling game next week and see if it works with spin ratio. Yeah, try it out. I mean, just don't let Trevor Bauer find out. But yeah. Right? <laughs> I like those picks. Though, Greg. Yeah, that's not bad at all, Kyle. Uh, you want to go last? Okay, so... Um, yeah, sure. So I'm going to go, obviously, the, the... I agree, Cole, but I'm going to throw out two wild cards for both NL and AL. So my AL wild card, Shane Bieber. I'm just going to throw it out there. All right, the Biebs. I think Biebs going to have a hell of a season this year. Okay. Um, Maybe not wild, maybe not uh, Cy Young, but I think he's going to have a, a great year. I'm just going to throw him as a wild card. I would have actually thrown out Clevenger as a wild card over Bieber. Why well, I didn't do it because until of his injury. It, until he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I, I agree with you. I thought Clevenger about I thought about Clevenger, but I thought picks, the injury is going to kind of hurt him a little bit going into a. Uh, and then my NL wild card is Bueller. Um, I think that he's going to have a hell of a season too. All right. uh, God, so the Dodgers are so good. They right? really so, are. So right. stacked. It's crazy. 
So um, I, just, I went wild card both 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 leagues. You're pitching a picking a Dodgers pitcher who isn't Clayton Kershaw, right? And it's like, yeah, that's a fine pick. Yeah, no argument. I'm with Greg, uh, kind of. I was they thought I might have been the only one picking him, but I was going to go Verlander because I agree with the Garrett Cole. I think that the the Yankee Stadium is going to yeah. could could be an issue. Well, the no facial hair is going to throw him off too. So. That too, and even Boston kind of is is a pretty good ballpark for hitters. So I think he's going to be playing there a ton. Yankee Stadium. A little bit of an adjustment. I think a lot of shit-talking from fans. I think Verlander could just get through it. I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to be like, whatever. Because uh, it, it didn't really affect the pitchers, the cheating. But I still think the shit-talking is going to get ruthless against the Yankees. So I would go Verlander. National League, complete wild card. Just doing it because he's on such a high right now. Oh, Jesus. Maybe he plays out of his fucking mind. There we go. Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I knew. NL Cy just because he has nothing to lose. He's going to be so happy all season. He's campaigning just, for being commissioner of the league right now. He's, so. he, he might get it by season's end at this point because <laughs> Rob Manfred is a, not... A player commissioner. I like Nobody it. likes him right now, so that, that job could be open very soon. I mean, don't get me wrong. The World Series is just a piece of metal. It doesn't even fucking matter, according to their own commissioner. Nope, doesn't matter. What a fucking quote. Yeah, you know, when you guys were talking football and I was just tuning out waiting for the baseball, I was sitting here reading a athletic article that interviewed Trevor Bauer and how his takes on the cheating. I love of everything he's been doing yep. lately. I watch all the videos, the interviews. It's, it's just classic shit. Uh, a final question for Around the Horn, and then it's going to be Greg's time. Uh, your World Series prediction, matchup, and your winner. Uh, let's go with Greg. We'll save you for last. You, you, Works me, for me. Me, you. Go ahead, Kyle. Um, I do all the talking. Somebody else talks. That's true. You do, you do <laughs> a lot of talking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, World Series, uh, Yankees versus the Braves is my World Series pick. Winner... I'm going Braves this year. Um, I hate to say it, but uh, just fuck the Yankees. I just hate the Yankees. Hey, I like it. Amen. Um, I am going with, I think, Major League Baseball couldn't be happier with this matchup. Yankees-Dodgers. Uh, and I think that I think it's the Dodgers year. I think that they have been close, and the Astros have obviously gotten in the way. And I don't know why. I just think this is their year. I think the I was going to pick them before they even acquired Mookie Betts, and I think that just only made them a better team. So I'm going with the Dodgers. Right. Greg? The Dodgers are just so insane. It, it, it's I crazy. Mean, you look at their lineup, and it's just there's not a single hole in it, and you look at their rotation, and it's crazy good. And then they have prospects coming up who, like Gavin Lux, are pretty much projected to be all-stars. Yep. So I have them coming out of the NL. I have... Uh, I have two streak breakers going right now. Okay. Breaking playoff streaks. So, my World Series is Dodgers-Twins. Oh, all right. I have the Twins breaking their playoff drought. I know it's been shown the playoffs are somewhat random. The Twins have been down for so long. They were good last year. They got better. I think this is the year they finally win a playoff series, get all the way to the World Series, only to lose to the Dodgers. I'd be okay with that. They break their championship losing streak. In a sweep, or do they, is it a competitive World Series? Um, not a sweep, not really competitive. Like four to one, four to two Dodgers. Interesting. I could see that. Yeah, that makes sense. That'd be that'd be an interesting World Series. I would like that. Uh, obviously, as long as the Twins lost. Um, yeah, but fuck them. <laughs> but I would like that. I mean, <laughs> goes along with my pick of the Dodgers. I think that's the, the fuck any AL team who actually goes I for mean, the most part. Yes, yeah, so. AL Central especially. Uh, I love rooting against AL Central teams. Um, but yeah, so that was our Around the Horn. 
And now I would like to give the floor to Greg Sherwood to talk baseball. And if there's you know anything you want me to chime in with, whatever, let me know anything. Well, you got to uh, set him up, man. You got to you got to talk about a great leader in, in the Dolans and how much. Well, you... I don't need to set up anything because again, <laughs> I don't even know what Greg's paper says. I'm I'm going in blind. So by all means, take it away. Uh, if you if you have anything you want to discuss after you mention it or whatever, you know, feel free to let me know. But go ahead, Greg. Yeah, so sharpen your pencils and get out your calculators, because I'm about to tell you how cheap the Dolans actually are. Spoiler, it's very cheap. They're really cheap. They are pocketing so much money, they can afford all the players, they can afford to have a good team, and they just decide to pocket it. So, we're going to get into some numbers here. They're big numbers, they involve millions, but let's just say owning a sports team is a racket. Owning any sports team is a license to print money for yourself. Yep. So, if you can, good for you, because you're already super rich, you're about to get super richer. So, this year's opening day payroll, the Dolans decided to shut our competitive window in these last two years by going from about $154 million payroll a couple years ago to about 124, 125 or 6 last year to under $100 million this year. They've cut like $30 million from the payroll roughly, last year when our window of contention is open. What could, was probably our last season of Lindor. Still good young pitching. Carrasco, Clevenger, Bieber, Santana. Good players. Roberto Perez finally got under the out from under the albatross of the Kipnis contract. <laughs> you know, you look at the guys, the contracts that we've cut this offseason because they're cheap. Kipnis is gone, and his, like, $17 million he was going to be paid. Kluber, two-time Cy Young Award winner. Traded for a reliever and a 4A outfielder who loves to bunt, which you should never do in baseball. But that's a whole other conversation that I'm not <laughs> going to get into. And then people forget, we also dropped Trevor Bauer's salary from last year. Or Yasil Puig, if you prefer. Because they're making like, each each of them were making like, I don't know, 14, 15 million last year. Bauer would still be under contract. We traded him for Puig, who only had one year left, so we wouldn't have to pay him. And then we also paid a lot of schlubs last year. If you remember, at the beginning of the season, Hanley Ramirez, Carlos Gonzalez, Eric Stamets. These, with the exception of Stamets, we gave like a couple million dollars to a bunch of guys. They were all gone after a month or two. Not back this year. Cut all that payroll. Didn't replace shit. So, under $100 million this year. Let me take you on a little history lesson here as to... Let's how go load the, the bus up. How the Dolans... <laughs> the Magic School bus? <laughs> ...can make the public claims they make and be technically true, but how they manipulate the numbers that are shown to the public. Because one thing, all the Indians' actual numbers are private. They're not a public company, but you can glean a lot of information from what is publicly available through baseball and other means. So, the first thing I'm going to say is attendance doesn't matter. And that's, Amen. that is the Indians' number one talking point, and it ticks me off to no end, because the amount of money you get from attendance is dwarfed by the amount that you get from both revenue sharing and TV contracts. So, hold on, so you're saying it doesn't matter if we go watch them in the stadium? No, it doesn't. Not not at all. And shouldn't really doesn't we should affect repeat that to everybody listening right now. I say it every week. <laughs> it does not matter if you go watch the game. For their bottom lines, the attendance and ticket sales don't matter. That's just more pocket money for them, essentially. Yep. So we're going to start with the TV contract. This is something a lot of people forget about. 
they take the Indians get forty million dollars a year from Sports Time Ohio, which is an insanely cheap TV deal, and it's up after like I want to say in twenty twenty three it's due for renegotiation. So a couple more seasons, that'll go way up. It doesn't matter; they won't spend the money. But why is it so cheap? The Dolans started Sports Time Ohio themselves. And so when they owned Sports Time Ohio, they negotiated with themselves as the Indians for the TV contract. So they kept it artificially cheap, around 30, 33 million a year. Why would they do that? Baseball has revenue sharing. And this is public, it's part of the collective bargaining agreement. All 48% of all local revenues, so basically half of all local revenues, that means TV contracts, ticket sales, concessions, memorabilia sales at the ballpark, go into one giant pot. And then that pot is split equally through all 30 major league teams. So basically, the Indians have a $40 million TV contract. They put $20 million of that into the revenue-sharing pot. The Dodgers are getting like $300 million a year or whatever from their TV contract. They put $150 million into that revenue-sharing pot. And then the Indians get a piece of that. What a scam. So, so whenever Indians' attendance drops, half of all ticket money goes into the revenue-sharing pot anyways. So the Indians only lose half of it, and that's dwarfed by when the Yankees or Dodgers' attendance goes up. The Indians get a piece of that. So talking some dollar figures here. Really quick, if I can interrupt. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Indians' uh, like television numbers... Uh, in, in terms of viewers and stuff, they're one of the higher ones in the league, right? They have very good viewership. Oh, yeah. The Indians have the number one, I believe they have, like, number one rating in majors as far as television rating. Oh, the, it was that now, high? I, it, damn, it's I that high. It that now, high. Now, that means that's, like, percentage of viewers. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, you have a lower percentage of viewers in New York City. It's going to be more people. But, yeah, right. by percentage, I believe the Indians are number one or at least top Jeez. three. They have The fan interest is there. And people buy buy the buy the ticket buy the ticket pricing policies. They're discouraging people from going to games. But I'll get into that. That's that's a oh by all means. That's a little preview. I love this. So just looking at national broadcast contracts, the last numbers available are two years ago, 2018. The Indian each Major League Baseball team got 91 million dollars from the national broadcast contracts. So those have gone up every year. And so basically this year, I think the Indians are pro projected to be like a $96 million payroll. This year, their entire team payroll is just covered by the national broadcast contracts. <laughs> so they haven't even played an inning. They get the check from baseball, from Fox Sports, from ESPN, from TBS. Boom, their entire payroll is covered. Revenue sharing in 2018, all teams collected $120 million in revenue sharing. So revenues, it was announced that they had record revenues again in 2019, up by around, I don't know, 10 or 13%. So do some math, add another $10 million, $12 million or so. So last year, the Indians probably collected $132 million in revenue sharing, and we'll get even more this year. So national broadcast contracts, 96 or so million. The entire payroll is paid for. Here's a check for $135 million for revenue sharing, Dolan, to go into your bank account after you pay all the other so they'll be getting, expenses. They'll be getting more money this year from the revenue sharing than they have in like the last five years, give or take. And they're now their payroll 
is the lowest it'll it, yep. it'll have been in the last like five years or so. So it's kind of ironic how that works yeah. out for the Dolans. Printing your own money, basically, and then, and then add another twenty million for our half split of the local broadcast contract, and another few million for our share of the ticket sales, whatever. And you can just hear the dollar signs going off in my head. I actually hear them. Ching. I hear it. Yeah. It's it's also it's like yeah it's like the Mario coin noise but it's just going into the <laughs> Dolan's bank account every second. <laughs> so, I didn't total anything up, but basically, you know, 135 million plus about 100, that's like 235 million just from the national broadcast contracts and revenue sharing. And you're getting and Major League Baseball benchmark is like half of that on payroll, which, you know, would be throwing the other stuff Say that they're probably going to make 300, 320 million, which would equate to 150, 160 million dollar payroll at least. I'm, I'm lowballing just in case, but they're like, no, we're going to have under 100 million dollar payroll, so they can pocket that extra 60, 70 million, and then blame the fans when they don't keep. And Lindor. then blame the fans for not showing up. So, but let's revisit the TV deal because this is one of my favorite things. We talked about how the Dolans started Sports Time Ohio; they owned it. 48% of all local revenues go into the revenue sharing pile. So they know anything when they're negotiating with themselves for the TV deal, they know that anything they pay the Indians for a TV deal, they're going to have to split half of with the rest of baseball. So they made the kind of logical business decision that Sports Time Ohio that they owned is just going to keep all the revenue, all the ad revenue which they don't have to split with everyone else and just not pay the Indians any money for the broadcast rights. So then, when they sold Sports Time Ohio to Fox and Fox Sports, they negotiated the current broadcast contract. And the Indians were the only thing that made Sports Time Ohio worth anything. They were like, you know, they're the only property, they were the only thing that make it, made it worth money. It's the only reason I watch the channel, to be honest. Yeah, I, I forget yep. it exists. Yeah. Yep. So, at the same time they sold the team... They signed a new deal. They saw. They said on purpose, we're going to sign a below market deal of forty million a year, so we don't have to contribute to that for revenue sharing. And because of that below market deal, they sold Sports Time Ohio for two hundred and thirty million dollars to Fox, which went directly into their pockets. Not a bad payday. Wow. <laughs> and you know these little topics. We're not even done yet, but. The things that Greg's pointing out to everybody right now is is the main reason for me personally why I refuse to invest money in this team anymore because I saw that, as Greg had said, we had a window for a World Series championship. Uh, I'll admit we, we kind of peaked in 2000. We didn't peak. 2016, we didn't, we didn't, we shouldn't have been in the World Series. Our pitching rotation was Corey Kluber, Josh Tomlin, and duct tape. Yeah, basically. On <laughs> on two days rest each time, duct basically. Tape. These guys like were it. out there just killing themselves. Uh, we had no business being in the World Series, yet they did it. And they obviously lost in, in seven games. And you would think that a team would go, you know what? We're so fucking close. Boom, let's go all in. They kind of dipped a toe in the water. They didn't go all in. We, we needed a reliever. Yep. We needed an outfielder. And we needed a right-handed power bat. And they signed Edwin Encarnacion. So there's a right handed power bat. Yep. And ignored the other two. Yep. And I'll point out Edwin Encarnacion's three year, $60 million deal is the biggest contract in the history of the Indians. They are one of three teams, I want to say the Pirates and somebody else, to never give out a $100 million contract. And that Edwin deal, three year, $60 million, 
We traded him after two years, so we didn't even pay all of it out. <laughs> yeah, they still found a way out of that. But yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I, I saw our, our opportunity, our window of opportunity closing. And to me, it seems like the Dolans threw weight on top of the window to close a little bit faster than it needed to be closed. And that's why I'm, I'm disgusted with them. I used to go to the home opener every year. I've gone for the past, like, fuck, 10 years, give or take. And I have zero intentions of buying tickets for the home opener this year. Uh, I, I don't have any plans of going to games just because I want to be a factor in the... It's because they don't get the fan, the ticket sales, so I'm just not going to buy any tickets. They can go fuck themselves. Uh, I'll watch from home for sure, but I just can't spend any money on this team. I refuse to put more money in the Dolan's pocket until they sell the team. I just can't. Sorry, so, Greg. Head so, event. And the best part is, you know, that $230 million from Sports Time Ohio, that's Sports Time Ohio money. It goes right into the Dolan's pocket so they can claim and technically be true you know, that that's not Indians' revenue. That's yeah. not included in the Indians' revenue. They're saying, oh, our Indians' revenues are so low. Well, yeah, you just got a $230 million payout, but that's because yeah. of the Indians, and you wouldn't have had that had you not owned the team. But it doesn't matter because it's not on and the Indians' books. Yeah, they're allowed to put that money into uh, the team. They're allowed to spend it however they would please, but they're just opting to pocket it, it, yeah. Keep it and then claim that they don't have any money. So another thing along those lines that, oh, hold on a sec. There it Excuse is. Me, there it is. Welcome, honorary burp. Uh, <laughs> so another revenue stream or another way of making money that 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 all owners and the Dolans have only because they own Indians teams is BamTech, otherwise known as MLB Advanced Media. So a couple years ago, oh man, excuse me, oh, I was, that was, I was a disappointed. Weak one. That, was, that was weak. That fizzled. That had too much uh, hype. Yeah. <laughs> each each owner put in like two million bucks or something to create. A live streaming service and they actually developed the streaming technology that they use for mlb tv but then they also licensed it so it's what espn uses to stream games it turned into disney plus it's it's nhl.tv i believe the nba was using it for a while so they developed the live streaming technology to use online which they've since sold 75 percent. so this whole time they were getting millions of dollars a year from espn nhl whatever but that was going to bam tech Okay, and that was then going from Bamtech to the owners again, not hitting the team's books. So yeah. this is money that they're getting because they own a baseball team, but they can ignore and pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, it's as technically far as team off revenues. the books, so they right. don't have to disclose it as but, any type of team profit. Well, it's it's not off the books; it's just not on the Indians' books because okay. it was you know MLB Advanced Media is its own company. Mm -hmm. You can't buy into it unless you're a major league baseball owner, mm -hmm. but it's completely separate from the teams. Okay. And the owners own MLB Advanced Media, so the money goes, you know, money, MLB Media, owners. And doesn't hit the teams, doesn't hit the team's books. So, again, they only have that opportunity because they own a team, but they get to pretend like it doesn't exist when talking about team revenue. So, about two, three years ago, they sold a third of it, and then enough to make 75% of it sold to Disney. And when you split that sales price up 30 ways like it was... That is a $86 million payday for each owner that went right into the Dolan's pockets. There's our 2020 payroll, just about. And they still, Seriously. and the owners still own 25% of it and get undisclosed millions a year as part of the licensing. And that technology now, it's Disney Plus. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's a ridiculous the company that amount it. of money. It's ESPN Plus and all their streaming services, and it's NHL.tv and MLB.tv. That's a lot of viewership. 
a ton of money and just it's it's in every home basically at this point especially with the release of disney plus that's it's it's in every home it's in my home these streaming things are everywhere so we now can't, you can't pay lindor though you right can't, can't yeah, no, i hate kyle because you you don't buy enough tickets no, how I the know, fuck am i, I gonna pay I'm lindor sorry. if sorry. you're not spending 15 dollars on a bleacher ticket and buying four hot dogs for the wife and kids it's your fault that we don't have lindor anymore true. people true. i'll take the blame it's fine <laughs> sorry, so guys. speaking of buying tickets and hot dogs you know, and I'm, I'm, I, at this point, we've established that the Dolans are rolling in money and could like double the payroll and still be making money. Yep. Um, there's way more rev- revenue streams and accounting stuff to talk about. It's a hobby of mine, but we don't have enough time, and I don't want to bore you to death. So I'm just hitting the highlights. Greg's here. a man of the people. He, it's like he's running for president right now. I, I love like it. it. He's got my vote. Oh, oh, MLB might need a new commissioner <laughs> soon, Greg. Just saying, if, if Trevor Bauer doesn't work out, <laughs> man, you pay me however much money Rob Manfred's making. Hell yeah. <laughs> I I do it for half. Yep, true <laughs> statement. So the second part of this, when talking, what real also really annoys me when talking about attendance is the Indians have made a concerted effort to not bring people to the stadium, and they've done that through their pricing and business strategies. So a little personal anecdote: a few years ago, before they were good, I had a quarter season ticket plan. Mm-hmm. It was five hundred bucks for two upper deck seats, and my favorite seats, upper deck directly behind home plate. Good seats. And you got some loaded value. 500 bucks for two tickets, 20 games, great deal. And I'm like, you know, I'll hold on to them. Maybe I'll drop them when it hits 1,000. But I'm like, maybe by that point I'll be older, I'll be making more money, be able to afford it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Well, the next season, they upped it to like 860 bucks and booted me from my seats. <laughs> I was told they weren't selling that section, so I had to move into, into the view box, which I was like fifth row anyways, or ninth row. So I went from ninth row to fourth row, but they booted me two sections over, so I was not directly behind home plate and didn't have nearly as good ball or strike view. And almost well, doubled well, their, your cost. Went like fifty percent up. That year was the year we made the all star or the made the wild card game, started Danny Salazar and just mm. got destroyed by Tampa Bay. Oh, remember that game? I do too. Yep. Horrible. Yep. So that next off season, they wanted to charge me one thousand fifty bucks to renew for the same. Holy shit! So they, they got had, some fucking nerve. They doubled in three seasons, and that I thought that was going to be like eight nine years down the road. It hit a grand. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. And they they did they've done this to a lot of different people. Well, they had a stated goal of fifteen and five. Fifteen being top fifteen in revenues within five, and five being within five years. Okay. And the next season is five. I believe last year they were 16th, or two years ago when it was published, they were like 16th or 17th in revenues. Last year they should have hit 15th in revenues in the majors. So revenues is how much money you bring in. So despite all the small market whining, despite all the fans aren't coming, they're 15th out of 30 teams in the majors in revenue, right in the middle. And yet right now for this coming season, our payroll is going to be 26th. Something doesn't add up. That's just greed. The rich are getting richer. Greed is good, though. And, and it's it's the fact... What what blows my fucking mind as an Indians fan are the people that still defend the Dolans and still blame the fans for not buying tickets. When I see that, I can feel my blood pressure rising. There's I can a, feel a myself getting mad. There's a radio channel you can turn into that, that, uh, that tune into that, that does that. I'd rather not. Okay. Um, 
I just I hate it. It irritates the shit out of me that they just keep blaming the fans and the ticket sales and they like all the all the quotes from Dolan this off season and even last season of like enjoy him now while you can. Like what a fucking slap in the face to your fans. That's so disrespectful. I'm going to gladly and people still defend them. I'm going to gladly give my money to a lot of bars downtown on opening day, but it's not going to the Indians. Yeah, no, not at all. I uh, if I can, if, I, if it's not too crowded, which it probably will be, I'll try to take a leak. Right on Progressive Field, it, just in honor of the Dolphins. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crowded. <laughs> I mean, it's a one o'clock game this year, which is weird for an opening day, but that's well, because it gets fucking dark and cold by four yeah. o'clock in in, <laughs> in March when the season's starting. But yeah, I just I, I truly can't. I'm disgusted with the Dolans. I have I have talked shit about them for years, but I've still supported the Indians uh, through and through, and I'll continue to support them from home. But I'm just being realistic. I think they're, they they didn't improve enough to compete with the Twins, so I think the division's out of the question. Um, I also think they didn't do enough to even compete for a wild card. Uh, realistically, I think they'll be in the conversation up until the last few weeks of the season, but I, I just really Two don't think... Two-thirds of the teams are. Yeah, exactly. Most teams are in the playoff wild card hunt, at least, towards the end of the season, so... I, I'm just going in this with a real, realistic expectation. I don't think they're going to make any big moves to bring in talent. Uh, I think, if anything, will be a seller. So just nothing for me to get too invested in this season and too excited about. I'll watch because, again, it's Cleveland. But I'm kind of going into this as, like, I'd say not obviously nowhere near as bad, but kind of how I went into this Cavs season of I'm not expecting anything. Surprise me. And... The Cavs started off a little bit hot and had me a little bit excited in the beginning of the season, and I actually thought maybe they could sneak into the eighth seed, and I will not be fooled again, especially not by the Dolans and the Indians. So I'm going in with second to third place in the Central, not even close playoff shot for the Indians, and I think, as I guessed, Lindor's final season is going to be a complete dud, and the stupid fans are going to come out and say, well, we could still have Lindor if it weren't for you guys not going to games. Yep. And that'll so, drive me crazy. So about that, and how they maximize the revenue, get the revenue up so high, they've taken the ticket pricing strategies purposely so less people go to games, but the people who go pay more. Hmm. Their, their non-premium ticket price, which excludes like suites, club seats, all that stuff, is 13th highest in the majors out of 30 teams. So they've really, they really jack up the ticket prices because, you know, it's, it's a supply and demand curve. Yeah. You raise the price... Less people will go, but there's a point where even though less people go, because you're charging higher prices, you still make more money, and that's what they've chosen to do. Um, there was a comparison. They took like a random Thursday game in May and looked at Indians pricing and then our comparable teams. Pirates, Reds, Tigers, White Sox, Royals. You know, same area, same division, yeah, same essentially general same kind of market. Comparable, same general market. And the price to get into an Indians game and have an actual seat, the cheapest price was like was double the next team. <laughs> so the White Sox were like in Chicago were like thirteen bucks to get in and get an actual seat. The Indians were twenty six. And obviously dollars. For those of you that are unfamiliar with America, Chicago's a pretty fucking big city. When you think of Chicago, you think of it being a little more pricey than Cleveland, you think of it being right. a little more um, in demand, and like Greg said, you could fucking walk in with the, the change in your pocket to a White Sox game. You can't do that at the India at Progressive Field. Yep. And like at most teams, and most teams had an under ten dollar option to get an actual seat. Yeah. You know, Reds, Tigers, 
Royals, Pirates, all under ten bucks to get in with an actual seat. And call Indians, me crazy, twenty six dollars. That's what a team that is complaining about about ticket sales should do. If you're not selling out, you're not getting the attendance you want. Make some tickets dirt cheap, just to get those people in the building. Because if you sell them a cheap ticket, they're more inclined to buy beer. They're more inclined to buy food. You're going to get a little bit more money. Yep. The Indians just they're, they're against it. So when I was a broke college student way too long ago, I had no money, loved baseball, my girlfriend, now wife, loved going to games. What we would do, we would go and buy a ticket in the right field upper deck, always farthest the nosebleeds, ones. always the cheapest, for 6 to $8 a ticket. I remember those days. If you, if you hit inflation and account for inflation, that's the equivalent of $11 today. Still relatively doable for most people absolutely yep 11 dollars ticket instead those same tickets if you can get to them cost a minimum of 26 bucks that's fucking insane so and, and like you yep. said it's it's less than 10 years that that's that happened it's not like it's something of like well i remember back in the day where tickets were 50 cents like that's not that long ago that the tickets were very affordable they were less than 10 dollars but it's a fan's fault it's right exactly fault. it's our yeah. fault it is our fault yeah. there and you know, Cal talked about buying hot dogs. The Indians are 16th highest in fan cost index, which is like four tickets, four hot dogs, some pops, a couple beers, and some hats, whatever. Dude, this is so expensive to go to a game. I mean, it I, is. I and par- and parking. To, I haven't been to an Indians game in maybe two years now, maybe three years. But even then, going to a game, you got the ticket price. Two beers alone, you're like $16, unless you yeah. try to get like a good deal where it's like buy two 12 ounce cans for whatever, $12 or whatever. Uh, food is like four or five dollars for a hot dog. If you go yeah, on a nine dollar dog night, you're walking out of there spending a hundred dollars easily. My my work took us to an Indians game over the summer. They treated us to a day at the at the stadium and Your favorite day. You love that. We day. had loaded tickets, and I think they put twenty dollars in each ticket. Which, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, cool. That fucking buy me nothing. Like I can get two beers, and I'm I'm gonna have to pay out of pocket right away. Like I twenty dollars gets you nowhere at at Progressive Field. Yeah, and then. We, we were lucky to take a trolley, but as you guys were saying, if you want to go down with friends and family, there are 81 home games. Every time you go downtown, you have to pay 10 to 15 to $20, depending on where you park, um, just to get down there. Then you go into the stadium, your ticket price, like Greg said, I mean, you're looking at $25 like minimum, basically, to just to get in the fucking building. So you're already almost $50 in the hole just to get down there by yourself. Yep. That's crazy for 81 games a year, and you expect people to consistently go to those? So, so even two years ago, I had got a six-pack in the family deck, mm-hmm. enjoyed it, it was decently priced, and then they cut payroll, and they didn't make the playoffs, and I went to look at it again this year, again, dropped $30 million, didn't make the playoffs last year, did worse, cut another $30 million in payroll, and they upped the price of it like almost 20%. Jesus. So I'm like, nope. I'm out. But, but it is your fault for not buying tickets. Fault, everybody. So, I hope all of you have trouble sleeping tonight thinking you know, about what you've done to the Indians because this is your fault. And you've got <laughs> cheap tickets. Other teams, like the Cavs, have introduced subscription models where you know the Cavs Which is a season, brilliant idea. Like 85 bucks a month for as many lower deck tickets as you want. Yep. The Rays, 35 bucks a month. You know, our comparable, we always compare ourselves to attendance apparel wise, the lowly poor Rays. 35 bucks a month gets you every home game that month. Uh, truth, I, truth I told, would probably do that. I would do that. I would in absolutely do it. 
The Oakland A's do that for like 40 bucks a month, and you get like food with it. The Twins do it for like 50, every single game in the month for 50 bucks a month. And these are all teams the and markets that are com- comparable to the Indians for the most part. And if the Indians wanted to bring people to the ballpark, this is what they do. Yeah. But they're worried about maximizing the amount of money they can charge, so they up the prices, take the attendance hit on purpose, and then cry about people not coming to the games. Yeah, the, the, their business model, essentially, is they're looking to take advantage of whatever suckers come to the games. They're not worried about uh, quantity. They're worried about, hey, if this guy's going to show up and pay a premium price, fuck it. We'd rather just keep people like this coming in because they're going to overpay for all this shit, which is crazy to me. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say, which I'm going to have to be a little cryptic about, but I do know a couple people who are employees of professional sports franchises Mm -hmm. and this is something that i have zero evidence that the dolans are doing but this is in general something a very common practice in the industry because something that irks me is whenever i see quotes the dolans say we've never taken any ownership distributions or never taken money out of out of the team what is a very common practice across all professional sports is so they can say things like that the owners will form shell corporations, basically dummy corporations, just companies on paper only that don't do anything. And then their pro sports team will sign that company to, you know, a $20, $30 million consulting contract where obviously nothing happens because it's not a real contract. Mm-hmm. They pay that dummy company $30 million bucks for consulting in quotes, air quotes, and that goes right into the owner's pocket and they can claim that they never took a distribution as owners of the team while paying themselves through shell corporations and honestly straight up their salaries with the team. So We need like a reckless speculation button. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is reckless speculation. I do not know that the Indians do it, but I know many pro sports teams do it. And that's a way that owners can you know, pay themselves tens or hundreds of tens of millions of dollars and still claim that they never took a profit distribution from the team. The rich get richer. But it's your fault for not buying a fucking <laughs> yeah, ticket. Yep. We're not here to ac- accuse the Dolans of anything, but for God those of you at home, it. if you get the chance, Google the word embezzlement and uh, let me know what you find on, on the old d- uh. dictionary.com. Um, uh, I want to thank Greg Sherwood for coming on and joining Dude, us and doing the baseball preview. I look forward to the season starting, and I look forward to shitting on the Dolans at any any turn. Yes. I love it. So thanks, Greg. Thank you for coming in. Hope you had a good time. You're welcome. And in a couple of weeks, you know, the playoffs are coming up for a real sport available to the everyman. NBA. Greg's no, turning around. For, I'm just kidding. For those that don't know, <laughs> the largest competitive pinball league in the country is right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Hey, by all means. <laughs> hey, you're, over, you're here. You're over 175 people in the Kid Force Collectibles Pinball League in Berea. Are you in it? I am in it. Oh, he's ranked. I am an ex-champion. What's your ranking? I don't know. I haven't looked up recently. Oh, you haven't looked in a while? Yeah. Um, I have no shot to win it this year because there are so many good players. The the person ranked number seven in the world plays in the league. Good luck with that. And we have multiple top 100 people in the world. But there's four divisions, all skill levels. You have your own playoffs, can win money. It's a lot of fun. Kid Force Collectibles, Bree, Ohio, 20 pinball machines on site. Can spectators come and watch? Oh, yeah. You can spectate all you want. You guys can all go and watch, Greg, and I will be across the street drinking beer at the Cornerstone Brewery because I love that place. Yeah, true story. A lot of of good places to get a drink around there. It really is. I was shocked because I I lived 
yet to go there, and you've been there multiple times now. Yeah, uh, I, I've, I lived close to there uh, back when I lived at my apartment, and forgot about downtown Berea there. So now that I go a couple times every every other week or so, we, we find something new to try out over there, and I drive past Kid Force all the time, and every time I think of you and Lindsay playing pinball, you guys might even be in there a couple times as I'm driving past, who knows? Yep, shameless plug, my wife is also a pinball champion. Oh yeah. And has a much better playoff record than I do. It's because she plays against women. <laughs> no, it's, no, uh, just it's gender. <laughs> I just had to shit on women yeah. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, that's going to do it. I want to thank Greg, and we'll definitely have him on again. Yeah. And uh, that's all I got. Anything? Nothing. All right. See you guys. Later.